Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The show, sponsored by Straight Realty, your St. Louis area experts. Why pay more than four? 314-441-4444. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is The Show. Now, Kevin Wheeler, Amy Marks Kors, Chris Ranji on KMOX. Great to be with you guys on a Wednesday. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks Kors, Kevin Wheeler with you on the show. And a lot of ways that you can be a part of the show. On Twitter, uh, at the show KMOX. You can give us a call anytime you like, 314-436-7900. That's also our text line, which we're going to use heavily today. So if you want to jump in on some pretty important topics that we're going to be covering over the course of the next four hours, that's an easy way to do it, 314-436-7900. You know, we're, we're setting it up now. We're about to go live on Facebook Live, so that'll be facebook.com slash KMOX1120. And uh, also, if you're listening to us on the AM dial, you're more than welcome to join us on the FM side, too. 98.7 FM is a simulcast of what you hear on 1120 AM. And if you're in the, I guess you could say in the greater vicinity, because I was listening to 98.7 this morning on my way to work, starting at Highway K and I-70. Yeah. So it's not like it only follows a very small area. I mean, it gets pretty far out. Um, I know but, in Wildwood, it's, but it's better closer. Yeah, but Wildwood Pacific, I mean, I've gotten it crystal clear out there. We always say like the 40, 270 corridor, but it extends out pretty far. So if you I prefer th- that sound, it's there for you, yeah. and, it's, and it goes further than you think. And in Illinois, too. I can get it uh, when I visit Mom in Granite City. It's yeah. there. So all of those are the ways you can be a part of what we're doing. And today's going to be a mix. I mean, we'll have some fun as we go along. Uh, here at the beginning, it's not going to be a whole lot of fun. This is not going to be about laughs early on in the show. That'll come later on. Although we will catch up and talk some baseball with John Rooney here in about 10 minutes. So that part will be that part will be more fun. Um, we're going to start with what was really buzzing yesterday and is continuing to create buzz today. And that is some of the... Uh, the speeches being made, the presentations being made yesterday at the White House with regard to the shooting in Uvalde. Uh, we had a teacher who was in the room where all 11 of his students were killed. And we're going to hear from that teacher, Arnulfo Reyes, here in just a couple of seconds. And we're also going to play a little bit of what Matthew McConaughey had to say. And the reason that he is relevant in this conversation, if uh, if people aren't really aware of it, that that's his hometown. Right. He grew up in He's Uvalde. So he went there after in the, in the wake of the shooting. He talked to a lot of the families. He's familiar with the community. I know he mentioned yesterday that his mom taught, uh, was it elementary school? Yeah, about a mile a, from a mile Rob. From where, the, yeah. Yeah, where Rob Elementary is. So, you know, he's got ties to that community, which is why he was there speaking. In fact, he spoke uh, in the White House press room and, and covered a lot of ground. We're not going to play all of it, but 
you could see how much this moved him. And you can hear how much it moved him, especially um, this port that I want to start with, because I think our reactions to this, and by the way, your reactions to this are welcome at 314-436-7900. That is both the the call-in line and our text line, so you can jump in either way on that. Uh, But this part here, this this is the part that got a lot of run. This is the part that got a lot of people's attention uh, in the wake of his, his, uh, I guess you could say, speech yesterday at the White House about one of the children that lost their lives, Maite, who we talked about. And, uh, and boy, the middle of this, um, the middle of this is tough. Uh, and we'll, I want to let you hear it. We'll react to it. And, again, if you'd like to do that, we'll bring you guys into the mix here as well. This is Matthew McConaughey, one key piece here, talking about uh, a young girl named Maite who, who passed away in the shooting. Maite wore green high-top converse with a heart she had hand-drawn on the right toe because they represented her love of nature. Camilla's got these shoes. Can you show these shoes, please? Wore these every day. Green Converse with a heart on the right toe. These are the same green Converse on her feet that turned out to be the only clear evidence that could identify her after the shooting. How about that? Maite wrote a letter. Her mom said if Maite's letter could help someone accomplish her dream, that then her death would have an impact. And it would mean her dying had a point and was it pointless. That it would make the loss of her life matter. The letter reads, Marine biologist, I want to pass school to get to my dream college. My dream college is in Corpus Christi by the ocean. I need to live next to the ocean because I want to be a marine biologist. Marine biologists study animals and the water. Most of the time I will be in a lab. Sometimes I will be on TV. I I don't know what the worst part of that. I want to get your guys' reaction yeah. on this. And then obviously, again, throw it to listeners if you want to jump in on the text line at 314-436-7900. I don't know. I, I think the shoes part gets me most. Like This is the way that they identified who the little girl was, which is, again, what we've heard so many times about that shooting. Uh, it, you know, we, we know on the day they were taking DNA from families to make sure that they could get the right, connect, the right matches. Uh, but also that last part, just hearing this is a, a nine-year-old kid that had great dreams and hearing her own words about what she wanted to be and now knowing what happened. I mean, that whole that whole piece is just stunning. Well, him then going on to say <laughs> and in talking about her dad, who had just gotten a job, and I think it was at a factory, if I remember right, but it was a, a job that was better paying than what he had had before, and he kept telling her, I'm gonna spoil you now. Like I'm gonna I'm taking you to SeaWorld. And they never got to go to SeaWorld obviously, but he'd just gotten this job like a week or two prior to all of this happening. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, we have a lot of these things that that happen in in this country over the last several years, and I feel like I've gotten numb every time an event does, but for whatever reason, this one's gotten me, like, it's hitting me right in the chest. I I don't know why it's this one, because we've already had, well, we, we had one of those, and I think I was numb when that one happened, but this one, for some reason, has just hit me very hard. Yeah, I mean, the issue 
is seeing the children and knowing that they were in their classroom and they were absolutely slaughtered. They were gunned down and there were adults outside. It were, there were so many parts of this tragic event that failed, where people failed. And we didn't just fail, we failed children who are trusting us, who are relying on us, who were in a place where they were supposed to be safe at a place where they grow. And I, I want to bring this up because Matthew McConaughey brought up the green converse because they could not identify the kids. Commanding General Mark Hartling was on Anderson Cooper 360 last night. He will be joining us on Monday. He'll be joining us this upcoming Monday. But he was talking about AR-15s. He said an AR-15 is a weapon of war. It is designed for catastrophic damage. It is designed to destroy tissue and to destroy bodies. The velocity of these rounds are 3,200 to 4,200 feet per second. So when it enters an individual, not only is there a large entry wound, but then it is designed to ricochet off of any organ or bone. It tumbles inside the human body. It's designed to tumble and and to blow the human body apart from the inside and the outside. And it's it's designed to do that in combat. And there were congressmen, several of them, who said, I forgot the name of the, the man who specifically said, we use it to kill varmints. And commanding general... Hartling. That was John Thune, I believe. Okay, commanding yep. general. But there were a couple of them because General Hartling brought up multiple. He said, if that is your choice for killing varmints, he's like, not only would I question your common sense, but I would question what you know about weapons. And I, I think in addition to what you're talking about or to illustrate what you're talking about, McConaughey in his speech, and it wasn't too far after or too long after, uh, you know, talking about the, the green shoes and using that to identify um, that girl. There, they spoke to, or he spoke to, he and his wife, a, was it, I don't know if I want to call her a makeup artist, but it was somebody who does makeup mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think she does it for uh, bodies like, at the funeral home. Yeah. And she said they had to basically like do reconstruction, mm-hmm. not just makeup, but reconstruction because the exit wounds were so bad yeah. and so big and, and clearly violent Yeah, that, and, and that's just... I mean, a death is a death, but there's something really graphic and upsetting about the way these happened. Yeah, it's remarkable. And again, you want to give us your reaction, not just to what an actor had to say, because we're going to play the audio of a teacher who was in the room and watched his 11 students shot and killed. Uh, He spoke yesterday as well, Arnulfo Reyes. We're going to play that for you coming up a little bit later on. Up next, we're going to talk to John Rooney. We'll catch up with John from Tampa. Cards and Rays coming up on KMOX tonight. Now, the John Rooney Conversation on KMOX, sponsored by Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and if you're a Missourian, we're for you. All right, back in on your home for the Cardinals. KMOX, getting the show rolling. Chris Ronji, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler with you. We are going to be catching up with Stephen Portnoy in about 15 minutes. Uh, he is the CBS News Radio White House correspondent. Uh, was in attendance yesterday for the speeches that were given at the White House related to the shootings in Uvalde. So we'll have him coming up in a little bit. Right now it's time for our Cardinals fix. And obviously a tough game last night. A good game, an entertaining game, but a difficult one. Uh, third straight game that goes extra innings. John Rooney joining us from uh, St. Pete, obviously playing at the Trop last night. That was a tough one to lose, John. I know that was a really good game with a good comeback late. But man, those are painful when they, when they go down that way. 
Yeah, they really are. And I'll tell you what, Kevin, they, you have to score more than one run in extra innings when you're on the road. Uh, every now and then it will hold up. But after Verhagen had the walk, and uh, then a uh, great play by Arenado on a, on a bunt. And after that great play, I thought the Cardinals would be in pretty good shape. But my goodness, um, it was a hitter, Walls, who was batting under 200 uh-huh. down to the last strike. And he got a pitch out over the plate and he just killed it. Yeah. And it's again, you, you hate to lose a game, period. But man, Dakota Hudson had such a great game. Seven innings, just two hits, one run. And you hate to see those slide. Well, you do, and we've seen that a time or two with uh, Adam Wainwright, uh, how he was able to um, hold his own there, and then uh, the league got away, and he didn't figure in a decision. But that's as good as we've seen Hudson since he came back from his injury. And I thought he had a good outing the last time. After 28 pitches in the first inning, he went seven, and he was able to beat San Diego. But last night, uh, he didn't get a lot of run support at all. He he, uh, did get a run to take him off the hook after giving up uh, a run, a lead double, and then they were able to manufacture a run as Tampa Bay took the lead. But the Cardinals were able to uh, get some things together with two outs, and Lars Newbar was right there in the middle of it. Tyler O'Neill returned from the injured list. He struck out three times, but he had a couple of hits, so that's a step in the right direction. Uh, but last night, uh, Drew Verhagen could not hold them down, and – Already in the game, you had Gallegos and you had Helsley, and they were hoping that Verhagen could come in and uh, and fill that role. As it looks like, Pallante might get a chance to uh, do some spot starting or or be set up uh, well in a bullpen game to try to give some rest to Miles Michaelis and to Adam Wainwright. You know, we talk a lot about winning in the division, winning games within the division. But uh, another statistic or a number that people like to look at, and and I I think there's a a good reason to do so, is your record against teams that are 500 or better, the good teams in baseball. You mentioned the Padres. They swept that series, two and five against the Mets. This game against Tampa Bay, a team that's perennially good. Um, that's the first time they've played. They're one and one against Toronto. How much do you take away from series and games the Cardinals play, in particular, or particularly early on in the season when they play a good team? How much do you take away from that? I, 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 look, I look over the whole schedule. You have to play the whole thing. And, and you don't want to get too far below 500 at any stretch in the schedule. And that's kind of what I look at because you have to play who's right there in front of you. And Milwaukee had, I think, a little easier schedule uh, the last couple of months overall than the Cardinals. I don't think it was uh, that much easier. But uh, Milwaukee ran into a Philadelphia team that's inspiring Joe Girardi has reeled off some wins and a great comeback last night. Uh, I I look at what's there that particular day because you have to play them all anyway. And you're going to have to beat, excuse me, you're going to have to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to beat uh, the Cincinnati Reds. And you're going to have to do well within your division, of course, because you're playing the bulk of your schedule uh, in those uh, particular instances. But you also have the interleague games where the Cardinals have uh, kind of treaded water in the past few seasons. And yes, that was a game they thought they could win last night. And it's going to be tough going up against uh, pitching the next two nights, beginning with Corey Kluber tonight, who's been really difficult against the Cardinals when he was with Cleveland. So uh, I I just take it who's there uh, today because you have so many different waves within a season anyway. And uh, you have to play those teams that are below 500 
and win those games and then compete against the teams above 500, you're going to have to win about 90-plus to be in the playoffs anyway, the way I look at it. 100%. Uh, John Rooney is with us from St. Pete. Of course, the Cardinals taking on the Rays in Game 2 of this three-game series tonight, 6-10 here on KMOX. And tonight, John, we get to see Packy Naughton, and he's made a couple of starts. He's had some successful relief outings. And because I'm a nerd, I love to look at the behind-the-scenes numbers, all the baseball savant numbers, the stuff that StatCast. What I find interesting about Packy, John, and I won't bore anybody with the numbers, but he's got really good traditional numbers, and actually these other things back that up. He's been really good. He really has. He's attacking the strike zone, Kevin. I think it, it comes down to simply saying he is pitching at a good pace. His defense is set up behind him. He's not going to strike out a lot of guys, so he needs the help from those behind him. And with those gold gloves out there, uh, why not? That's why many pitchers are interested in pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals because of guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt and Tommy Edmond, and you have two out of three spots in the outfield manned by gold glovers. And the way Brendan Donovan's playing and Carlson's absence uh, looks like he might be on the way to a gold glove, uh, but you don't know where he's going to play day-to-day, but he's pretty good wherever he goes. So I I like Packy in this start. Uh, You hope that he can get through the lineup a couple of times and, and maybe, just maybe, uh, go through a lineup, uh, get into the third time around and go five innings and, and see what happens against uh, Tampa Bay. But it was pitching supreme last night on both sides, and it just ended on a thud with a batter hitting below 200, uh, hitting the foul pole with a three-run homer when the Rays were down to their last strike. Uh, that one makes it kind of tough to take. As far as pitching goes, John, once this team does get healthy, Flaherty's ready to go, he's back in the rotation, where does it stack up as a team, as a starting rotation within the context of the National League? Uh, Very good question, Chris, and uh, I think it it will stack up well if Flaherty can build off of his first rehab start, build up his pitch count, get back into the rotation, and at some point get Jordan Hicks back in where – he may be really valuable in a late-inning role uh, like last night uh, or in the seventh, eighth inning. Uh, I'm not sure he'd go back into the rotation uh, right away, but uh, he could really be a, a help there for the Cardinals. And uh, then, then Stephen Matz, uh, he's not quite ready to, to come back, or I understand he's not quite ready for the rehab assignment yet, but that's another arm you have to consider. Uh, but I, I do like the way that Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis uh, attack the strike zone. Their their pace is unbelievable, and Wainwright just seems to amaze people uh, huh. each start. He he makes something up if he has to to get through a particular situation, and that's why he has pitched until he's forty years old. But uh, the other guys uh, I, will have to fall in line, and Jack Flaherty I think is a major piece to that. Uh, once he comes back to the rotation, in the meantime they still have to play games until he comes back. And uh, I applaud uh, Mike Maddox and Oliver Marmel and what they're doing uh, to try to uh, line up the pitching, try to line up the bullpen and get to that point and uh, then hope that your offense can break out and support those pitchers. John, I heard you guys talking last night during the game that there were probably as many Cardinals fans as Rays fans there tonight. So we'll look forward to hearing you surrounded by some good friends calling the game here on KMOX tonight. Thank you for joining us. All right. Enjoy the show. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. John Rooney with us here on the show on KMOX. And interesting, uh, he, he mentioned that last night. Like in, I can't remember when it was, maybe seventh inning or something along the lines. He's like, they announced the attendance. It was 10,000 something or other. Yeah. And he said, and it probably half wearing Cardinals red. <laughs> yeah. And Cardinals fan, the fan base does travel well. Like no matter where oh. they end up, if they, well, you know, obviously with Chicago, both sides come to both places. 
um, as we talked about the other day on the podcast. But the Cardinals have fan base is that that you'll like when they go out west, you'll hear them in San Diego. You'll hear them uh, maybe a little less in a place like L.A. where there's you know, it's a, it's mostly sold out. But they have a big presence everywhere, but especially a place like Tampa. There are teams that have a lot of appeal. I, there's There are a lot of Yankees fans, a ton of Yankees fans sure. in Tampa. And yeah. for some reason, there are a lot of Dodgers fans all over the country, too. I mean, you still probably have some leftovers from their days on the East Coast. You yeah. know, it, well, I mean, they, it, were, they were still spring training in Florida. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. long ago. Look who you're comparing Cardinals fans to, like St. Right, St. Right. Louis fan base to New York and L.A. And, and, you know, I would say the, the three big cities, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, all of them fans everywhere. And then you've got, like, the Cardinals fans right there. Yeah. Just because they, they, there are so many of them across the country. I wonder and, why. Well, the reach of oh, this may, station. May, say, may, it's maybe, the reach of this maybe it's station so, for years. Elect, yeah. yeah. For for uh, when I was writing my book on the Ironman, I was in Hawaii. I was in Kona. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, this was 2011, eh, I'm at, I walk into a bar to watch a Cardinals playoff game. There are four people in the bar, and three of them are wearing Cardinals gear. It's like you're in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. All right, coming up next, back to some of the serious stories of the day and really of the week. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News Radio White House correspondent, will join us when we return on the show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmel. Sundays at 10.15 on Sports Open Line. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmel Show. I'm excited for not only the club, but for the fans. This is a, this is a special year for sure. On King MOX. Yeah. 
You're in on the show on KMOX. You find us on Twitter at the show KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, scores Kevin Wheeler with you here. Happy to be joined by Stephen Portnoy, CBS News Radio White House correspondent and the president of the White House Correspondents Association. First of all, Stephen, thank you for doing this. We appreciate you. Obviously, uh, an interesting day on the beat yesterday, huh? It certainly was. I mean, quite a moment. You had uh, actor Matthew McConaughey enter the briefing room and speak for more than 20 minutes, a speech in which he advocated for particular policies. He called for the purchasing age of semi-automatic rifles to be raised from 18 to 21 and for um, uh, national red flag laws so that guns could be removed from those who were deemed by a court to be a threat. He says these are measures that the public supports. It was an impassioned speech. He, uh, of course, was born in Uvalde, Texas. He said he just spent a week there talking with victims' families, and he brought with him the green Converse sneakers that were worn by a 10-year-old girl who died. He slammed the podium when he said that these were the same uh, shoes that she wore that turned out to be the only evidence that could identify her because her body was riddled with the bullets of the AR-15. So uh, it's an example of the, the, the star power that the Biden administration is willing to use in that moment to try to advocate for what it argues are uh, common sense um, and uh, generally popular uh, uh, policy provisions when it comes to gun reform. I know that you'll get pushback, not you, but I'm, I'm talking about people will get pushback a lot of times when there is a celebrity involved and is speaking passionately about something I, I feel like this one is different, though, just because there's he's got a personal connection to that town. Do you think that speech is being received differently than maybe, you know, some other celebrity who just decides to get involved in a particular event? Well, I think a couple things here. One is the, the unique nature of the fact that, uh, that Matthew McConaughey is from the town. Right. So that uh, it, it, he has a, a personal interest as, as a national worldwide known celebrity to, to raise awareness of something that happened in a, in a place where he grew up. And he, he also was a gun owner. He talked about how he learned how to shoot a BB gun in Uvalde. Um, then you have the fact that he has been rumored to have his own political ambitions, right? Um, I, frankly, I, I would have preferred, and you mentioned it, I'm the leader of the White House Correspondents Association. I would have preferred if he had stood for our questions. He did not do that. In fact, the White House press secretary later said that it wouldn't have been appropriate for uh, someone who is standing at the podium as a guest to, to, to face questions. I disagree. I believe it's important, especially if you are a publicly known person, someone who's rumored to have political ambitions, and you're there uh, in, in front of reporters to advocate for a particular policy position, you should position, you should expect to face questions. Well, this week, we will begin a series of televised hearings looking at what took place on January 6th and looking at President Donald Trump's uh, time uh, claims of a rigged election and how that might have spurred people to action. What should we expect or viewers expect from these hearings? You know, we're we're waiting to hear uh, in terms of uh, what it is that the committee intends to offer. What we have a sense of is that it's going to be a presentation meant for public consumption, meant for the public to see and hear. Uh, I would expect, based on what we have been told, that there'll be some video evidence taken on January 6th that the world has not seen before. In fact, I believe one of the witnesses tomorrow, there are only two, one is a police officer in the Capitol Police and the other is a documentarian. And so I, I think what we're going to hear is the, uh, the, the way the police officer uh, saw the events of January 6th unfolding and the way the documentarian 
saw the events of January 6th unfolding. And the expectation is that the American public is going to be presented with video evidence that we have not heard or seen before. It's going to be fascinating to see that tonight against Stephen Portnoy is with us, CBS News White House correspondent. Um, there's, all, there's always a lot going on, I would assume, on in your day-to-day work and on that beat. But these are two really major things happening at the same time. What's the balance here? Is there one carrying more weight than others at, at the moment? Or are these two basically equal behemoths? Well, and there's one other thing we didn't mention. You know, just a few minutes, the president's going to be leaving the White House is going west. He's going to Los Angeles. He's mm-hmm. hosting a multinational summit uh, that's meant to reach across the Latin American world. You know who's not there? The president of Mexico, who's boycotting this summit of the Americas because the uh, president said he wouldn't invite the leaders of Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. He says they're dictators. And so the Mexican president's like, well, I'm not coming either. So that is the uh, event that the president is going to uh, in just a short while. He's, he's going to spend uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night out there. Tomorrow night's hearing will take place. Uh, it starts about 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock your time. And the president will uh, may uh, watch. I'm not sure. But, the, you know, the, there are lots of things that go on between the, the push for gun reforms, the uh, January 6th committee hearing that will be on uh, nationwide television and radio tomorrow night, and the Summit of the Americas. And who knows what other uh, actions or activities may take place in a, in a busy news week here in Washington. You know, as I'm looking ahead at, well, at what we may expect as the midterms approach and then even the 2024 election, there are several cornerstones of our democracy that seem to be destabilized by the hyper-partisan, highly polarized environment that we're in right now. The, you know, a cornerstone of democracy is elections that, that people trust. It's one thing to say, I disagree with the person in power. It's another thing to say, I don't believe the person in power is rightfully there. So you have that questioning of elections in the executive branch. You have the Supreme Court leak and people now questioning uh, SCOTUS. And if, if that's something that can be tried, trusted, do you what are some of the trends that you see that potentially could give hope that this democracy uh, is going to hold together? Or what are some things that concern you that think, man, the fracturing could continue? Well, look, I mean, we are in a heightened and polarized political environment. You just described it. I think that the fact is at the end of uh, this summer and into the fall, there'll be an opportunity for our democracy to uh, put itself on display. We'll have elections in the country and the people for the first two years, for the first time in two years since the last election, will have the opportunity to weigh in on the future course of the country. And it might be that uh, uh, Republicans take control of one or both houses of Congress, or Democrats will uh, uh, demonstrate to the public that they should remain in control of the House and or the Senate. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, what we should do is just uh, appreciate the fact that in our system, there is a robust debate. The system still stands. And while... um, Elections clearly have consequences, and you see that playing out in the changing dynamic of the Supreme Court. At the end of the day, the people will have their say. I mean, look, the fact is Joe Biden is the president of the United States because by a factor of nearly 10 million more Americans voted for him rather than the former president to remain in office. And, uh, you know, that is uh, where it is. And the fact is that the former president continues to argue that he won the last election, and uh, most people don't agree. Most people don't believe that that's true, but a small and uh, unfortunately, large enough uh, segment of the population uh, simply doesn't want to believe that Joe Biden is president. And that is uh, a problem, because if we can't agree 
on the fact that Joe Biden has been uh, duly elected, well, then what, what can we agree on? Great point. Stephen, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate you making time for us, and we appreciate your work as well. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. You bet. You got it. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News Radio, White House correspondent with us. And if you'd like to follow Stephen, you can find him on Twitter at Stephen Portnoy. All right, coming up next, Brian Kelly's going to jump in from the KMOX newsroom. Mayor Tashara Jones has talked a bit about the indictments, and Brian was there. So he's going to let us know how that went, what was said when we come back on the show. The show, sponsored by Straight Realty, your St. Louis area experts. Why pay more than four? 314-441-4444. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. The show on KMOX. Right, back in on the show on KMOX, AB Marks, course, Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler with you here. We are joined by Brian Kelly. He is at City Hall at the moment. And not that long ago, Brian, we got some uh, thoughts from the mayor on these indictments that came down recently. Yeah, Kevin, what I found interesting was that Mayor Tashara Jones said that the U.S. attorney, by handing down these indictments, is pulling back the curtain on how some politicians can exploit city government her personal gain and gain and it sounds like she expects more to be found behind that curtain yesterday in her statement she released she said that this problem runs deeper than a few individuals so i asked her what do you mean by that what do you know and she said well aldermanic courtesy has been at the board for a long time she said i don't know anything but i believe that more federal indictments will be coming she said that she believes that this is just the tip of the iceberg now she also talked about lewis reed jeffrey boyd and john collins muhammad how they opposed her every step of the way through her political career and she said they did do the right thing by stepping down she admitted of course that faith in government has been shaken and so she says she is trying to rebuild that faith mm -hmm. right now but i found it interesting that she expects more federal indictments to yeah. come well brian right it's a little bit vague when it says it's the tip of the iceberg were you able to gauge at all if that the rest of the iceberg would be revealed soon like something was coming soon or if it was kind of the bigger picture this is the problem with city government i think it was the bigger picture as you know she said i don't know that any more indictments are coming down but she certainly expects more indictments so I don't know that she has any inside information, at least as far as the investigations go. Maybe she knows some things behind the scenes that have happened while she was treasurer and in the mayor's office, but she didn't give any indication of that. So now the chore is because we, St. Louis politics already has a negative connotation with a lot of people in the area, either in the city or in the county, whatever it is. A lot of people look down on the city. So now there's a repair job that has to be done. Is there any indication of what they might do or might try to do to try and get confidence back in city government? Well, one thing they're going to do is with the Land Clearance for Redevelopment Authority, they're going to go back and look at how that's operated and they're going to retool some things there so that what happened in this indictment that's alleged to have happened in this indictment can't happen again. And I think a lot of it is just going to have to be, you know, replacing the people who have been indicted and, and trying to start anew with a new aldermanic president. Of course, Lewis Reed has been there a while. And so uh, when the election comes up again and there's a new aldermanic president, that's going to be a major step towards trying to 
rebuild any confidence people have in city government. Brian, I, these were, you know, not just aldermen, but they were senior aldermen in positions of power. Their vacancies, do they stay empty until an election cycle? Are there, is there a chance of a special election to fill these positions? The board president, Lewis Reed, has been replaced on an interim basis, and so there is an interim board president right now. The other, I believe the other aldermen come up for a vote here uh, in the next election, and so they will fill those seats there as far as I know. All right, Brian, thank you so much. We appreciate you chiming in. Keep up the good work, and uh, when there's news, let us know, man. We'll get you back. We'll do it. Thank you. You got it. Brian Kelly from the KMOX Newsroom. Uh, you know, it's Ron, you, you mentioned the question about like people have a, the distrust of city government. I feel like everybody thinks it's their city. And in reality, it's every city like this is just the nature of of sprawling politics where you have so many different thing people and touching so many things. I guess the temptation's too much, man. But I ask you guys, how 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 do you clean it, quote unquote, clean it up? How do you? convince people that things moving forward are going to be more on the up and up now that you've got this. I mean, I I don't know that there's a way to do that. Yeah, I think you have to be on the up and up. I will say leadership does matter when you're looking, whether it's the president of the United States or a leader locally or in your state. There's something to be said for the integrity and the trust that a leader has, because I think that filters down. But when you when you have people and people are government, you're going to have things like this. What's interesting is we, and it may have been in the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, survey slash poll that we talked about yesterday, or it could have been somewhere else, but it was within the last week talking about the distrust of government. And most of the distrust with government is usually at the federal level. Yes. Not at the city level, not at the regional level. People tend to trust their region more than the national level yeah. politicians. So we're, we're in a, you're right, there are a lot of cities that go through this, but it's still kind of interesting to be in that situation where people don't trust the city. And that doesn't mean don't be mad about it. It just means don't think you're the only one, you know, like you don't have to feel like it's a St. Louis problem. Right. This is just a problem and it's a problem in a lot of places. Chris Rodgey, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler with you here on the show. You can catch us on 98.7 FM if you're not doing that. Facebook Live slash KMOX 1120 and of course at the show KMOX on Twitter. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. 
Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.